Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 40 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. January 18. Prosecuted my catechetical method of discoursing. There appeared a great solemnity and some considerable affection in the assembly. This method of instruction I find very profitable. When I first entered upon it, I was exercised with fears, lest my discourses would unavoidably be so doctrinal that they would tend only to enlighten the head, but not to affect the heart. But the event proved quite otherwise. For these exercises have hitherto been remarkably blessed in the latter, as well as the former respects. Lord's Day, January 19. Discoursed to my people from Isaiah 55, 7. Toward night, catechized in my ordinary method, and this appeared to be a powerful season of grace among us. Numbers were much affected. Convictions were powerfully revived, and Christians refreshed and strengthened. And one weary, heavy-laden soul, I have abundant reason to hope, brought to true rest and solid comfort in Christ, who afterward gave me such an account of God's dealing with his soul as was abundantly satisfying, as well as refreshing to me. He told me he had often heard me say that persons must see and feel themselves utterly helpless and undone, that they must be emptied of a dependence upon themselves and of all hope of saving themselves in order to their coming to Christ for salvation. He had long been striving after this view of things, supposing that this would be an excellent frame of mind to be thus emptied of a dependence upon his own goodness. That God would have respect to this frame would then be well pleased with him and bestow eternal life upon him. But when he came to feel himself in this helpless undone condition, he found it quite contrary to all his thoughts and expectations, so that it was not the same frame, nor indeed anything like the frame after which he had been seeking. Instead of its being a good frame of mind, he now found nothing but badness in himself, and saw it was forever impossible for him to make himself any better. He wondered, he said, that he had ever hoped to mend his own heart. He was amazed that he had never before seen that it was utterly impossible for him, by all his contrivances and endeavors, to do anything in that way, since the matter now appeared to him in so clear a light. Instead of imagining now that God would be pleased with him 
for the sake of his frame of mind and this view of his undone estate, he saw clearly and felt that it would be just with God to send him to eternal misery and that there was no goodness in what he then felt. For he could not help seeing that he was naked, sinful, and miserable, and that there was nothing in such a sight to deserve God's love or pity. He saw these things in a manner so clear and convincing that it seemed to him, he said, he could convince everybody of their utter inability to help themselves and their unworthiness of any help from God. In this frame of mind, he came to public worship this evening, and while I was inviting sinners to come to Christ naked and empty, without any goodness of their own to recommend them to his acceptance, then he thought with himself that he had often tried to come and give up his heart to Christ, and he used to hope that sometime or other he should be able to do so. But now he was convinced that he could not, and it seemed utterly vain for him ever to try any more. And he could not, he said, find a heart to make any further attempt because he saw it would signify nothing at all. Nor did he now hope for a better opportunity or more ability hereafter as he had formerly done because he saw and was fully convinced that his own strength would forever fail. While he was musing in this manner, he saw, he said, with his heart, which is a common phrase among them, something that was unspeakably good and lovely and what he had never seen before. And this stole away his heart, whether he would or no. He did not, he said, know what it was he saw. He did not say, this is Jesus Christ. But it was such glory and beauty as he never saw before. He did not now give away his heart as he had formerly intended and intempted to do. But it went away of itself after that glory he then discovered. He used to make a bargain with Christ to give up his heart to him that he might have eternal life for it. But now he thought nothing about himself or what would become of him hereafter, but was pleased and his mind wholly taken up with the unspeakable excellency of what he then beheld. After some time, he was wonderfully pleased with the way of salvation by Christ so that it seemed unspeakably desirable to be saved altogether by the mere free grace of God in him. The consequence of this exercise is that he appears to retain a sense and relish of divine things and to maintain a life of seriousness and true religion. January 28. The Indians 
in these parts have in times past run themselves in debt by their excessive drinking, and some have taken advantage of them and put them to trouble and charge by arresting some of them, whereby it was supposed their hunting lands in great part were much endangered and might speedily be taken from them. Being sensible that they could not subsist together in these parts, in order to there being a Christian congregation, if these lands should be taken, which was thought very likely, I thought it my duty to use my utmost endeavors to prevent so unhappy an event. Having acquainted the gentlemen concerned in this mission with the affair, according to the best information I could get of it, they thought it proper to expend the money which they had been and still were collecting for the religious interest of the Indians, at least a part of it, for discharging their debts and securing these lands, that there might be no entanglement lying upon them to hinder the settlement and hopeful enlargement of a Christian congregation of Indians in these parts. Having received orders from them, I answered in behalf of the Indians, 82 pounds, five shillings, New Jersey currency, at eight shillings per ounce, and so prevented the danger or difficulty in this respect. As God has wrought a wonderful work of grace among these Indians, and now inclines others from remote places to fall in among them almost continually, and as he has opened a door for the prevention of the difficulty now mentioned, which seemed greatly to threaten their religious interests as well as worldly comforts, it is to be hoped that he designs to establish a church for himself among them and hand down true religion to their posterity. January 30, preached to the Indians from John 3, 16 and 17. There was a solemn attention and some affection visible in the audience, especially several persons who had long been concerned for their souls, seemed afresh excited and engaged in seeking after an interest in Christ. One, with much concern, afterward told me his heart was so pricked with my preaching, he knew not where to turn or what to do. January 31, this day, the person whom I had made choice of and engaged for a schoolmaster among the Indians arrived among us and was heartily welcomed by my people universally, whereupon I distributed several dozen of primers among the children and young people. February 1. My schoolmaster entered upon his business among the Indians. He has generally about 30 children and young persons in his school in the daytime and about 15 married people in the evening school. The number of married persons being less than it would be 
if they could be more constantly at home and could spare time from their necessary employments for an attendance upon these instructions. In the evening, catechized in my usual method, toward the close of my discourse, a surprising power seemed to attend the word, especially to some persons. One man, considerably in years, who had been a remarkable drunkard, a conjurer, and murderer, and was awakened some months before, was now brought to great extremity under his spiritual distress, so that he troubled for hours together and apprehended himself just dropping into hell without any power to rescue or relieve himself. Diverse others appeared under great concern, as well as he, and solicitous to obtain a saving change. This concludes episode 40 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.